Powered by MPB, this is Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast, hosted by Jermaine Flood and Tara Wren. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat. Jermaine Flood in. This is our Teacher Appreciation 2022 episode. Class is now in session. And in with me right now, I have the Mississippi Teacher of the Year for the 2022 year, named by the Mississippi Department of Education. She is Miss Sky Morgan of Petal High School in Petal, Mississippi. Now, Miss Morgan has taught everything literally from A to Z, especially when it deals with history and geography. But she graduated from the University of Southern Mississippi with her Bachelor of Fine Arts, then turned around and got her Master's in the Arts of Teaching from the same school. She's taught a wide variety of subjects in history, including Mississippi Studies, Geography, Advanced World Geography, United States History, AP United States History, AP Government, AP Economics, American Democracy, and Sociology. That's a lot to say, but that's why we have her on here, because just her plethora of education is so big. And so right now, I'd like to welcome to the chat, Mrs. Sky Morgan of Petal High School. Welcome to Chalkboard Chat, Miss Morgan. Well, thank you for having me, but I think you pumped me up a little bit too much. <laughs> I had to because it's all there and it's not too much because you definitely deserve it and you definitely deserve all the accolades that you've been named. So I'm just glad to have you here to talk to my audience about everything that made you the teacher that you are. So just super stoked about that. I want to jump in. I come in with this question as a softball question, but I want to know what is your fondest or least fondest memory of a chalkboard from your childhood? Okay. So my fondest memory is when I was in high school, I had a teacher who was much more than a teacher to me. He, he is a mentor to me still to this day, coach Thompson. He taught me AP European history and AP US history. And he's going to, he's not going to be happy. I'm telling the story. (laughs) So he had a chalkboard in his room and anything that I said that was off the wall or just crazy, because I had all these crazy questions and, and, you know, hardly ever understood what was going on as a history student in high school, he'd write them down on the chalkboard. And so, and he called that chalkboard, his skyisms chalkboard. And it it was a, it was a running joke. (laughs) It was a running joke with the class. And, and, and I was like proud of it because the kids were interested in it. They'd be like, Oh, what did sky say today? And so when he retired, he actually, you know, retired from the school that I'm working at now, the school that I went to as a high school student, he moved the chalkboard in my classroom. Oh, so yes. And it, so it hangs in my classroom today and students write things on it. And like right now we have one, every student in my class has one word written on the board that they committed to for this year. It's a word that focuses like on growth. Like I'm, I'm cutting my eyes over there right now. One says patience. They want to commit to grow in the area of patience. So we all chose words in which we're committing to grow in that area. So all those words are written in colorful chalk on my chalkboard from coach Thompson. That's the coolest chalkboard story (laughs) I've gotten here because you actually kept the chalkboard and you're incorporating it in your class. So just, that's the coolest. Everybody else, she wins. Mrs. Sky Morgan has the best chalkboard story ever. So thank you for that story. Now, when it comes down to just you coming up and getting into education, I hear that history class was maybe the first one that maybe kind of touched you, but what 
is the story behind you choosing to be an educator? So it's not a traditional story. So humor me for a second. So I was always interested in history. When I was in high school, I was a speech and debate competitor. And I loved the debate aspect of it, especially when, you know, you were talking like presidential policies, or I was just really into the president. So that's always been a a niche of mine. But I loved theater as well. And so I actually pursued my undergraduate degree at Southern Miss in theater, like my bachelor of fine arts is in the production side of theater. So scenic design, lights and sound, love production, worked in it for a few years. But my speech and debate coach from Pedal High School called me, I was straight out of college and she said, can you long-term substitute for me? And I said, what, you, what do you have going on? And she said, well, I'm, I'm about to have my second child. And I said, oh, congratulations. And I said, sure, if you can get me in, I'll, I'll do it. So I came in and I I taught for a few months in her position, coached speech and debate, put on a theater production. She came back and, you know, took her position back, of course, after maternity leave. And I was um, sad to let it go. Uh, But I said, you know what? I'm going to go out in the world. I'm going to do what I went to school for. I'm going to work in production. And I did. And I, I liked it. And I had a lot of fun and I made a lot of friends. But I realized that I was missing something. So I decided to go back to school and pursue a degree in teaching. So that's when I got my master's in teaching and was hired to teach history. So cool. So you were the sub before you were the teacher. Yeah, that's amazing. And that would have been something that my story would have consisted of. Like I, somebody had asked me to sub and that's yeah. how I ended up doing it. So, oh, so and, and cool. In high school, I, I, I told everybody I couldn't wait to get out of school. I mean, I just I wasn't a student who just loved it. Like I said, I was really challenged in the AP history classroom. So when I came back and substituted for her, I felt like I had overcome my challenges that I faced as a student Mm -hmm. and I was able to reach students who were challenged. It was just very fulfilling. So like I said, when I I was like sad that she came back (laughs) and that I had to give it up. And so when I went out and worked in production, something was always missing. It was like I was being pulled back to the classroom. And just as soon as I was hired in that first position in the year 2010, I knew it. I knew that this was what I was cut for. I felt fulfilled. Right. Good stuff. I love that. How long have you been with Petal High School now? I think this is my seventh year at Petal. Okay. And how many years in teaching? This is my 12th. Congratulations. Thank you. It just took you 12 years for somebody to say you're the best teacher in the state. (laughs) That's all it took. It just took for the 12 years. And now I heard you talking about your students and trying to provide for them maybe something that they need. When it comes down to your students at Petal High School, how proud of you are of them inside your class? And what's a day for you look like when you when you walk in the door? Oh, goodness. So my day is just absolutely crazy. I teach something called zero period. Mm -hmm. So traditionally, our schedule at Petal High School starts at 830. Like classes start at 830. I teach a class that starts at 7.15. So I have kids in my classroom starting at 6.30 in the morning. And I usually can't get rid of them until about five o'clock in the afternoon because I do some after school clubs and things like that. So I have kids with me from 6.30 in the morning to five o'clock in the afternoon. (laughs) And I teach three different classes. So I'm, you know, I'm teaching AP one moment and then I'm teaching grade level U.S. history another moment. And I'm teaching dual credit world history at another time. And it's just flip flopping back and forth. And I don't normally know whether I'm coming or going. (laughs) That's just so cool. So you, I know you love history. How do you incorporate your love for history to make your students love it just as much as you do or even learn it? So that's challenging. Students 
And, and and this could be a generational thing, but they really push back against having to learn things that happened in the past. But you know what? I disagree with that. I, I, I stand corrected. I struggled learning history mm-hmm. as a high school student. I think it's hard for them to understand it because they haven't lived in the real world. I don't want to sound like a boomer, but right. they haven't really experienced real world situations where what's on the news truly matters. They're having to pay their taxes. They're truly affected by policies in their local community, their state and their country. And so it's hard for them to connect to what happened in the past because they can't relate it to Mm -hmm. what's going on currently. So that's what I really strive to do. I really strive for them to understand how it relates to what's going on right now. And that's when you see the light in their eyes. As soon as they make a connection as to what happened in the past matters, you've hooked them. And so that's what I try to make every day about. I just try to make it as relevant as possible. Are there large discussions that happen behind it? Are there any debates that go on when a lesson's being taught? How do you handle that? Absolutely. The things that really do affect them, it's really easy to capitalize on their interests there. So like the increase in gas prices recently. So we're studying like U.S. involvement in the Middle East and how the United States has in the past purchased their oil from OPEC. And they really grabbed onto that. Like, where do we get our oil from? Why do we buy oil from foreign entities? Why don't we drill at home? Oh, wait. Okay policies matter. And so it, it really hooked them. And that's when those discussions start to happen. So it's, it's great. That's like what I live for because, you know, my mission really as teacher of the year is to promote this idea that civil discourse in the classroom shouldn't be shied away from, that we should encourage it, support it, embrace it, and really cultivate students to be have experienced it so that when they get out into adulthood and they become voters there, they are experienced in civil discourse and they know how to have conversations with people and disagree, mm-hmm. but disagree with decorum. Right, right. right. And that's important. Right. Now, when it comes to maybe DEI inside of your lesson with diversity, equity, and inclusion, how do you kind of fold that in and make everybody feel included? and a part of that history story. Absolutely. That's lesson. It's so important. And so one teacher who's a dear friend of mine, she said something a few years ago when she was hired at pedal that just like light bulb went off Mm -hmm. in my head. She said, you know, students of every background should be represented in your classroom that you should have posters that promote all kinds of backgrounds in your classroom. And, and that is just like little simple things like that that maybe Mm -hmm. people don't process, but you do have to promote and represent all backgrounds. And so just something as simple as making sure that you have every background of each student that you teach represented in your classroom through a historical figure, that's extremely important. And so just taking small things like that into consideration and having those discussions, teaching students how to have those discussions when you're studying the history of those backgrounds and then how we are incorporated and coexist today. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just important. Um, giving them a safe environment in which they can have those conversations is very important as well. So creating those expectations, 
holding them to those expectations and letting them know that they're in a safe place when they speak and that they're learning how to speak to one another to start those discussions. Right, right. It's, now, it's just really important. Just in addition to everything you do at Pedal with history and your history class, when it comes down to you being the coach of the Pedal High School History Bowl team and the co-sponsor of the Pedal High School Political Science Club, how much do you enjoy that? And tell me a little bit about <laughs> both. I want to know. Yeah, so I, I live for this stuff. I absolutely love getting students to engage in civil discourse, have those tough conversations, ask tough questions, but be able to give tough tough answers. Yeah, I just absolutely live for that. So the History Bowl team has now expanded. We are a quiz bowl team. And so I co-sponsor with two science teachers who kind of handle the science and the math. And then I handle the literature and the social studies aspect of it. And we have a blast. So a couple of years ago, I wrote a grant through our Pedal Education Foundation, just local part of the school district. They give out thousand dollar grants each year to teachers who have, you know, taken the time to write competitive grants. And it's a small little grant. They, they throw a softball at you to get it. But mm-hmm. I wrote one to get buzzer systems because the, the buzzer systems for quiz bowl or history bowl or, you know, or even STEM bowl. It's the, it's all the same buzzer systems. They're expensive. Right. They run about uh, $500 a set. So I got the grant, was able to get two sets of them and started having weekly scrimmages in my classroom. So right. every week I always, I mean, like I make a joke and I say this, like, with most the most love and respect as possible but I you know I just round up the nerds like this is my classroom <laughs> yes. full of nerds because we're all sitting in my classroom after school hours with buzzers in our hands competing <laughs> against each other as to who knows the most trivia but they loved it. it it just caught on so before I knew it I had you know two full teams and so we could you know scrimmage against one another and, and that was just a weekly thing and so that built and built and built and And we were able to travel around and compete a little bit, but you know, with COVID things kind of were suspended Mm -hmm. and, and competitions went virtual and they weren't as much fun. (laughs) They just weren't. And I don't blame them. I don't, you know, we, we lost members over that stretch and I don't blame them because I didn't have fun with the virtual tournaments either, but with things picking back up, we're looking to have a really great year next year. Right. I was about to say, I don't want to compete against pedal high schools, Sky Morgan's (laughs) class. In, in any of that, I'm be like that. They can have it. They're gonna win it just by sheer of how you teach and probably what they learn. I don't even want to try to compete with. Them. I tell you what, though, every school we compete against in the state of Mississippi has some of the strongest quiz bowl competitors. I mean, like that you would ever think you would see. I mean, right. Mississippi really like needs to get more shout outs. I mean, we've got some smart kids who who love to do really cool things. They're just not as you know popular as as say the sport activities. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Hence the nerd, but it's a good nerd. Hey, it's you, a good nerd. You know it all and mm-hmm. you really do, you know, learn and take it in and, and get it back out. So it's such good stuff. I love that. Now, when it comes down to that moment in your, let's just say the 12 year career that you've had, where maybe it was a student who told you something, or maybe it was a coworker who said something to you and the light bulb went off and you knew exactly this is why I do this. What moment was that for you? I mean, I would say that it was the very first year I I was in my, my own classroom. Like I told you, when I went off and worked in production, I knew something was missing. So when I I got my own classroom and I I reached kids, Mm -hmm. when I realized, oh, I can reach kids as every teacher can. It's just like your heart is filled 
Right. And, and that's all you need. And so like every day I looked forward to just reaching a kid. If it's just one kid a day, you right. know, that's a, that's a good day. Right. Good stuff. You know, okay. Pay raise. I'm putting this on the table. How excited are you and how justified is it that you all are hopefully going to be receiving this pay raise for the teachers of Mississippi? Yeah, it's incredible. I think that it is a huge step in teacher retention. We've got a national teacher shortage. We're experiencing that and feeling those effects in Mississippi. Keeping qualified and knowledgeable teachers in the classroom is of utmost importance. And it's important because we got to serve the kids. And so we, we can't serve the kids and we can't grow kids and and continue to better our state if we don't have qualified, knowledgeable teachers in the profession. So I, I really hope that this is a huge step forward in teacher retention. Right, right. Retention and getting them on, on board. Absolutely. Yeah. Recruiting right. them. Mm-hmm. Right. Just to recruit them in. So when it comes down to advice that you would give a teacher who is maybe a first year or looking to enter into the profession, what advice would you give that person? Well, it's incredibly fulfilling. You're not always going to have good days. You need to find a teacher support team. Like you really need to reach out and find your people. You need to find positive people who are going to uplift you and make you better and know that you're not in it alone. You know, we have 33,000 teachers in Mississippi. That number was told to me the other day. I said, oh, wow, that's incredible. I had no idea it was that high. You know, know that in your state alone, 32,999 people are going through the same exact thing you went through. So you're not special. (laughs) Pick yourself up by your bootstraps and come in the next day and know that you're going to, you have the power to reach a kid and, and that's what matters. Love that. Okay. Walk me through the day that you found out that you were a finalist for the Mississippi teacher of the year award, just the finalist. What was that day like? for you? It was overwhelming. I, you know, the application process is daunting. So I had engaged in the application process. I had poured my heart and soul into it, but also this has been a challenging year. So I I kept telling my teacher besties around me, I kept saying, you know, I don't have the headspace that I need for this right now. Like I need more headspace for this. Um, I worked over Thanksgiving break, putting my application together And I just struggled to find words to articulate my craft and my pedagogy and my methods. And, and I went through a roller coaster of emotions where I said, oh, I'm not a good teacher. I can't even articulate myself. Like what, why was I even chosen? And then some days I'd be, I'd just be writing. I'd be like, oh man, yeah, I know what I'm doing. And so every day was ups and downs. My husband was like, you just need to go camp out at the school until you get all of that done. Cause I can't handle you. So finally I I got it all put together and I put it in and I said, well, that was, it's not my best, but it's the best I have right now. So I had, I had kind of written it off, honestly, like it was not my best, right? but it's all I had in the moment. But I think it was, I guess what spoke to them was like the passion that I have for it because I wasn't like 100% pleased with the application. So, so when I found out that I was congressional district teacher of the year, I was absolutely floored. I'm usually not without words and I was without words. (laughs) So tell me a little bit more about the process. Cause I'm thinking who, you know, is it a voting process after you apply? How does that work? How does that process go? 
So the application process is, uh, you know, your philosophy of education, your biography, a resume, and then you write to about five essay prompts and you mail it off. And so then the Mississippi Department of Education puts their hands on it and they have like a selection committee per congressional district. They're going to whittle it down to the top four for every district. I believe I could be misspeaking. Mm -hmm. So they whittle, whittle, whittle until they get to and they go through a couple of different selection processes. And then when they then so then they select a congressional district teacher of the year for each district. And then it go you go into an interview. So each congressional district winner will go sit in front of the selection committee and go through an interview. And then they announce it at a banquet after that. Okay. Okay. So then you know who has won the top award at that banquet. Yes. Because I was thinking it was like, maybe you were at work, right? You got this email and you were like, I'm taking the rest of the day off. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how the district that when they announced that I was the district winner, that is how that was announced. Yes. Okay. And And I'm like walking over to my next door teacher's room and I'm like, what? (laughs) read this and then I'm texting my husband he's like what what does that mean because he's not in education so what does that mean right right so have you had your teacher of the year party yet has that happened for you yet I guess the banquet for that you know I mean like the banquet was that for me okay um the banquet was a big deal. Miss Hilliard at the Mississippi Department of Education is a is an absolute hidden gem. She works really, really hard in her position and she puts together a beautiful banquet. In fact, this was the very first year that we've been able to have it in person since COVID. Mm-hmm. And so she was super excited about that. But they do a great job making each finalist feel very, very special. I thought, man, I don't care where I've already made it, you know, like I was just, I felt special to have arrived at that moment, you know, there and get to sit with some amazing educators. So we had to arrive early banquet day and I got to sit and visit with the other three finalists and actually networked. I mean, we exchanged information and I mean, we were already collaborating, you know, just sitting there with the extra hour that we had before the banquet arrived and I think that that speaks volumes about them but a room full of nerds is what it was right right now in the beginning you did talk about the platform that you were going to be pushing as Mississippi teacher of the year is there anything else that you want to add to that or say to that effect when it comes down to you and your year ahead as the 2022 Mississippi teacher of the year yeah so my passion is that students in a classroom or in a safe space in which they are able to communicate with one another. I think it's a a detriment to students if we teach them to sit there and be compliant and follow directions. I'm not saying that we need to teach them to be rebels. (laughs) I'm not, I don't, I don't want, you know, there to be miscommunication there, but I think that it's so important that we teach our children to ask difficult questions and be able to give difficult answers and to be able to engage in civil discourse because when they go out and engage in our delicate democratic society, it's going to be not just expected of them, but absolutely needed of them. And so it's our jobs as parents, as educators, as the local and state community to really value that and give them that space in which they can engage with one another. Good stuff. Just raising a plethora of free thinkers. And I just, absolutely, I am congratulating you on 
all of your accolades, all the work that you have done with Petal High School and the work that you'll continue to do this year as the 2022 Mississippi Teacher of the Year. So just congratulations on all of that to you. Hats off to Mrs. Scott Morgan, you ma'am, on your whole accolades and everything that you've just been able to do for the students that you teach. So thank you. Well, so I much. really, I really appreciate you. Thank yeah. you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk to you. Oh, I just thank you for gracing us with your presence. So <laughs> here on Chalkboard Chat, we're all about education. And when you have that top educator in the state come on your show, it's just a great, a great show. And I already know it's going to touch a lot of people. So I just thank you for your presence here. To my listeners, this has been Mrs. Sky Morgan. She is an 11th grade United States history and advanced placement United States history teacher teacher at Petal High School. Again, she's also the History Bowl team coach and the co-sponsor for the Political Science Club at Petal High School in Petal, Mississippi. She has been here on the chat, chatting it up with us and giving us just a little bit insight of her career as a teacher, her passion as a teacher and the lives that she touched. And I just thank her again for all that she has done for the students in the state of Mississippi. So thank you so much, Ms. Morgan, for coming by and and talking to us here on Chalkboard Chat. Thank you for having me. This has been Chalkboard Chat. Class is now dismissed. You've been listening to Chalkboard Chat, an MPB education podcast. To hear this episode and more, visit education.mpbonline.org or download the MPB public media app to listen on your iPhone or Android device. This podcast is hosted with love by ACAST.